Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Starting a new series entitled The Greatest Stories. These are Bible stories, but in a different light, if you'll forgive the pun there. These are parables and references, parables, references, and stories that Jesus himself made while he was here on the planet that were recorded. So let's go to Matthew 5, verse 14. And this is our basis for this morning. Matthew 5, 14. And check this out with me if you would. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Now everybody knows Jesus is the light of the world, right? But he's going out saying, now you are the light of the world. How and why? What? How is this possible? You reflect his light just like the moon reflects the sunlight. You reflect his light. Now he's putting the responsibility on us. He says, everybody knows I'm the light of the world, but now you are the light of the world, or they should know he's the light, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. You ever flown around here? You can see for miles because it's so flat, not a lot of hilltops, but you can see probably 100 miles away, it looks like, on a clear day in the morning. You're flying out of here early, and you can see city lights. They stand out in the dark. Now let's do something ever so quickly. Um, you know what? Josiah, would you go back to those lights, mijo, for me? Go back and man those lights for me. I need someone to man these lights. Thank you. Now, notice how bright it is in here, okay? Pretty bright, right? Comfortably bright. Now, I want you to turn off all the lights in the house. Now, we still have screens on, so there's some light going on, and you, you gravitate toward it. You notice it's you notice it is very, very noticeable here in the dark, isn't it? Now, you need to remember that about yourself today, the light that Jesus said that you are, okay? So I'm going to go over some points. I believe God's going to speak to you. I mean, there may be some repentance in the house today, too, as we say, man, I need to be more of a light. So would you go ahead and give me those lights again, guys? Thank you very much. Look how much brighter it is with light. Very, very, very simple Simple example, but I want you to think about that. You're the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Someone say, cannot be hidden. Why would you want to hide the light? Let's keep going. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket, do you? Do you, do you put your lamp under the bed at night? No, you want that nice horizontal lighting. I love lamps. I don't know about you, but I love lamp light. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Hmm. In the same way, let your good deeds, someone say good deeds, shine out for all to see. It says shine out so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Let's pray together briefly, if you would, please. Father, let your word fall on good ground today. Thank you for this time. And Lord, thank you for this moment with your people. We bless your name and we worship you today and we give you all the glory. Speak to us through your word. Convict us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go to Matthew 4.16. Look at this. This is, it was a prophecy, I believe, I believe that's an, a prophecy from Isaiah. And it's quoted in the book of Matthew about Jesus. Talking about Jesus here, it says, The people who sat in darkness have seen what? A great light. A great light. People sitting in darkness see a great light. Wow. And for those who lived in the land where death cast its shadow... Mm. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who live in the land where death casts its shadow, 
a light has shined. Now, does that sound like hope to you? Did you know even the world says, oh, the light at the end of the tunnel? Even the world talks about light. They'll say jokingly and some, some seriously say, well, I saw the light. Well, usually when you say that, you're referring to Paul's road to Damascus. You're referring to Scripture. That's where that was or originated. That's where that came from. But people will say, man, I saw the light, meaning their life changed. They got a revelation or they got great hope. Now, let me read that whole verse again. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. When you're in the darkness, man, you need light to shine hope in your life. And for those who lived in the land where death casts its shadow, a light has shined. I need you to know the responsibility that you have as a believer to be a light. And today as you listen to me, I want you to carefully tune in and say, you know what? Am I being the light I was called to be? You know me, I don't preach condemning messages. My goal is to preach loving, powerful, motivating, inspiring, and convicting messages. A convicting message, or when you feel convicted, you don't get down on yourself. You say, oh man, I need to repent and get this right and move on. So today I pray, if you're not being the light you're called to be, I pray that you begin today being the light you're called to be. All you need to do is let your light shine. Quit hiding it. Quit hiding it. Let me, let me remind you, right now the world notices that you're different. They do. If you're really seeking God, you say, man, I'm imperfect. Who is, who is perfect, right? Except for Jesus. Who's perfect but God? But let me tell you this right now. People are watching you. They're noticing you. It's one of the themes of my life when I preach to you as your pastor is to say that people are noticing you, so make sure that your light never turns back into darkness. Jesus himself said, oh man, if the light you think you have is really darkness, oh, then great is that darkness. Because there are those who think they're in the light, but they're living just like the devil, just like the world. And how many of you know you can't drink of Satan's cup and drink of the Lord's cup? The Apostle Paul said that. I'm not sticking it to you. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings or break your heart. But I do want you to know this. I want you to get God. I want you to be standing at attention, even mentally today and spiritually, to say, you know what? This is for me if you need it. Now, remember, God's word always has something customizable for everyone. It's always amazing to me when I speak to a crowd of people, different colors, different backgrounds, different styles of food and eating and dress and different hairstyles, afros, bald heads, dreads and curly hair and, and then straight hair and a lot of hair and different colors of hair. And everybody, everybody, everybody can receive from God if they'll listen. That's part of you being the light. That's part of you being humble. You are the light, and I believe you recharge on Sundays and Wednesdays and at Connect Groups. And let your light be bright. Let it shine, because you're giving people hope. I remember years ago, we had a neighbor, and he was a pharmacist. Man, he was such a negative guy. Cool dude. We loved him so much, and he'd, he'd kind of timeshare with his son. You know, he was divorced, and he lived right next door to us. We just loved him so much. We became friends, and he came to church, and Came to church a few times, came to a Bible study a few times. But I remember him telling me the story about he was passing a car on the highway, going to go pick up his son. His son wasn't with him. He wasn't irresponsible like this. But he was going to, you know, either he dropped off his son or picked up his son. He would meet his ex-wife in Andrews or Seminole. And he said, Matt, you know what happened today? It was crazy that he was even telling me. He said, I was passing someone at high speed and I saw a car coming, and he said, it was like I was watching a movie of myself going, he's not going to make it. A head-on collision 
with them going 80 and you going 80, you add those together, that's a head-on collision at 160 miles per hour. Physics teaches us that. You add the miles per hour for the speed of collision, the velocity there. That would have been traumatic to all involved. But it's like he was suicidal at the time, and it started to dawn on me, and I said, hey, you, you can't be this way. No, man, and, and we just stay connected. And it began to touch my heart as we began to touch his life, and he was a headache sometimes. He'd read the Bible, and he'd critique stuff and question stuff, just kind of just an odd guy, but, man, we loved him so much. And he moved. This is when we lived on Permian Street. But I got to see that Jen and I became hope in his life. I don't believe he's serving God at all now today, but I do know that at, at that time, even in some small way, God was able to work through mine and, and Jen's life to be able to keep him alive, probably. Don't know how suicidal he was, but I do know that we shed hope on his heart. Him just seeing us, we had fun. Man, he was just such a blessing to us in so many ways. He would never let us pay for dinner. He took us a few times to Saxony even. He just, he was like, he would tell me, man, oh, Matt, all I have is school loans. What, am, what else am I going to do with my money? He was just so odd. He was a pharmacist, so he made good money. He said, what am I going to do with my money? I don't care. Come on, let me just bless. Let me just, he didn't say bless, but let me just take you all to eat. Okay, all right, all right. But we were able to share hope with him and love. And did you know what? When you are a light, by default, you're giving hope. And how many of you know? We need this and the world needs this. You're going to notice in my points today that light brings hope and you are the light of the world somebody say i am the light of the world mm -hmm. because you belong to jesus and you've accepted him you now reflect his light you are the light of the world now let's move on to matthew 24 12 i want you to notice this jesus himself speaking again and it's a in times chapter there he's predicting the end of days and he says sin will be rampant or abundant everywhere are we seeing that now uh-huh. These are the final days. It's starting to wind down, really. Sin will be rampant everywhere. And the love of many, the love of many will grow cold. It's weird that because there's so much sin now, people's love is growing cold. I remember years ago, Coach Malone, I'll never forget him. He was, he was my science teacher in seventh and eighth grade. He was something else. But he said one time, he was in the city. I don't know if it was New York or where, but he said someone had fallen from a building. Don't know the story of that. They were, they were dead. Their body was out in the open. And the paramedics hadn't come yet. And he said, and I don't remember what point he was making, except that there's a place where people didn't care. And he said people were on their way to work and walking and commuting, and he said he witnessed it. He said there's a dead body there, and people were going, oh, and stepping around it to get to where they were going. I never want to be in the place where I see something that says, oh, earthquake in Iran, 30,000 people dead, and go, oh, well, okay. But we've all done it, haven't we? Oh, it's just, we're, we're so filled with news and bad news, and so many things are going on. I say, are you saying I'm evil, Pastor Matt? No, it's just we're desensitized, and I don't want to be desensitized. The world doesn't need desens desensitization right now. They need love. And sin is cold and dark. But did you know light offers what? Let's put that up there. Comfort and warmth. Light offers comfort and warmth. That's why Christmas is so beautiful to so many of us. There's lights. Over the years, man, I'm a little lazy about decorating a tree, I guess, because it's detailed. 
But Jen told me last year, she goes, baby, we get that tree up and you help me and you bring all this stuff and you, we do all this and we get it up. And she goes, every year you, you go, why don't we sit in front of the Christmas tree? Why? Because it's comfort and warmth to see the lights. And I'm always personally reminded of Jesus. Comfort and warmth, light. Jesus is the light of the world. He's called us to be the light of the world. So remember this as we go on to the next verse. Sin is cold and dark, and you are called to live the opposite of that. Someone say the opposite. Sin is cold and dark. You've been called to offer comfort and warmth because you are the light, and light brings that. Let's go to 1 John 1, 5. Look at the Apostle John here speaking. They call him the love apostle. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. Are you with me? But if we are living in the light, that's what we're talking about today because we're the light. As God is in the light and he's light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all what? Sin. Did you catch that? It's ongoing. When you live in the light, then your sin is cleansed continually. It doesn't mean you live like the devil, but you don't practice sin. You can turn around. Scripture says we have an advocate with the Father now. You turn around and go, Lord, I repent. I'm sorry. And it says that in the next few verses here. It talks about that. We're not going to get into all that. But you're called to be the light. When you're in sin, you're in darkness. Someone say sin is darkness. Now today I want you to be thinking. Not in a judgmental way, not in a harsh way, not to make you feel condemned or, or just, you know, attacked. But as you're listening today, I want you to focus as I'm giving you these points and giving you the word. And I want you to say, am I being the light I was called to be in this world? Am I being the light? Based upon this, you say, is that a true parable? Well, it's a story. It's a word picture that Jesus gave us. Okay. So am I being the light that Jesus called me to be? Am I being the light that Jesus says that I am? Am I being the light? We're not of the world, and we're not the world. You're called to be different. Someone say different. Look at that. Look, look at the difference light makes. You can see beauty when the light shines. With no light, you wouldn't be able to see that. You wouldn't be able to see colors. Light helps you to distinguish colors. Did you know I have a jacket? I've had since 2013. Jen bought it for me Christmas of 2013. It's a Cabela's jacket. And I did not know until two years ago that it's blue. True, true, sad, sad, but true. We were saying something, and I'd been wearing it. And, you know, anymore, people wear navy blue and black now. I mean, it's kind of a, is that a trending thing? But I've seen it even online with all these nice, they wear navy blue and black. Well, that didn't use it to be the way, and so I've done that for years because I, I thought it was black. And the gray around it made me just think, oh, it's, it's a nice black. But light helps you to dis distinguish colors, be able to see different tones, okay? And once again, light brings comfort and warmth. Let's go to Psalms 27.1. Look at this one. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Now you're reflecting his light. Keep that in mind. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? If you've battled with fear, hold on to this verse. This is a great one to have in your arsenal. Why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? Let's look at that again. The Lord is my light and my salvation. 
Why should I be afraid? God provides you comfort and warmth, and you're called, you're called to provide comfort and warmth to this dark and sinful and cold world, all right? Someone say comfort and warmth. All right, excellent. Let's go to Psalm 119, 130. Psalms 119, 130. I love this verse. The teaching of your word gives light. One translation says the entrance of your word gives light. So even the simple can understand. Oh, don't you love that? I need it simple. I don't know about you. I don't want it to be so deep that it's muddy and we're drowning. We're swimming in this deep water and we're drowning. The teaching of your word gives light so even the simple can understand. And we need that. Let's go on to Psalms 119.105. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Let me say that again. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. I told you this story during COVID because that's when it happened. I remember Jen was outside in the yard with our two golden retrievers, and I was mowing the lawn. Someone say mowing the lawn. Well, I was wearing shades, and we had a big old beautiful shade tree, but it was annoying because it dropped mulberries. You've heard that over the years. It's long been cut down now. It's been a year now since it's been cut down. But I was in and out of the shade. I was wearing shades as well, and I was mowing. You may not remember this story. But something happened. I don't know. I think I was, you know, you know when you're doing something kind of mindless, you've done it a lot before, like brushing your teeth. You get absent-minded. You're thinking. You're praying. You're talking to God. You're thinking about random stuff. Your grandparents, you know, whatever. Your car. God, your wife, your husband, whatever. You just, you know, I was doing something mindless. I'll never forget, there's a storage room in that backyard on Permian. And I went to turn the corner, and it's almost like I left the light. I was wearing shades. And I went into the shade, and I don't remember if I was looking somewhere else, looking up. I was just partially almost blinded by going into the shade just for a flash, and it was a perfect storm. I didn't realize it at the moment, but for some reason, I guess I just pulled the lawnmower back to me, and I started to push around that corner, but the bag had fallen out. So I kept looking, thinking, praying, whatever I was doing, and I began to push the lawnmower, and I fell over the bag. <laughs> I'll never forget that. The bag fell off. I kept pushing, and I fell over, and it was so strange. I'm glad I didn't get hurt, but I just fell face forward over the bag. The lawnmower went toward the fence. Here's the bag. The lawnmower went toward the fence, and I fell over the bag. And just kind of, I didn't know whether to be embarrassed or ask for Jen's sympathy. I wasn't hurt. But I turned around to see if she saw, but she didn't see. So I jumped up and dusted myself off. And I, all of that was to say, light provides direction. Someone say direction. I lost all sense of direction. For whatever reason, the sun was in my shades and the I don't know. I went into the shade. I still don't know what happened except that I wasn't looking down at the bag because I was mowing. The bag had never done that before. It must have come loose. And I lost all sense of direction. Let's go to Proverbs 4.19. Unforgettable, though. I've only shared that story once. But the way of the wicked is like total darkness. They have no idea what they are stumbling over. I don't know if you've ever been in this position. It's rare anymore in this modern world. It's a rare place to be. But I was taken, they call it, I think, the New Cavern or the New Cave. It's, it's near the caverns in Carlsbad. And it's not as paved. It's not as uh, modernized. 
But we went in there my, my sophomore year. Yes, I was part of the science club. So we took a trip, went to the new cave. Don't laugh too much. But I'll never forget, we went deep into the recesses of the cave, and the guide said, turn off all your lights, your flashlights, and I'm going to turn mine off. And we were plunged into absolute darkness. He said, this is what total pitch darkness looks like. And he said, I can prove to you that you can't see a thing. He said, begin to move your hand towards your face in the dark. And after a while, we lost all sense of perspective and direction, and several times I hit my face with my hand because I could not see. And he said, what you think you're seeing is your imagination and your memory, and because you know you're moving your hand towards your face, but he said, you can see nothing right now. And he would flick the light back on and flick it back off, and he said, you can see nothing. And it was dark, absolute darkness. The absence of light takes away our direction. Don't you ever forget that. Without light, there is no direction, just like my lawnmower my lawnmower situation, I lost the light for a minute, had no direction, just like I, it was when I was down in the cave. You ever been on the road and you had, to, you had to turn on your brights, right? That'll tie into my next point here in a minute. Let's go to John 8, verse 12. John 8, 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, wow, you won't have to walk in darkness. Hmm. You won't have to walk in darkness because you will what? You will have the light. Someone say the light. The light that leads to life. Wow. So now because you have Jesus, you have the light that leads to life, not to death. You have nothing to fear, nothing to be afraid of, nothing to worry about. You have the light that leads to life. You don't have to walk in darkness anymore. Let's go to John 14, 6. Jesus told him, or told them, depending on your translation, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that ties into him being the light. Because he's the light, you can see the way, you can see the truth, and you can see that the light leads to life. Just like when you're on the highway. You ever turned on, your, it was dark, and somebody told you they were a passenger, or you're driving, you said, man, I need more light. You hit your brights. And all of a sudden, there's all these deer by the side of the road. Have you ever seen that? You're going, wow, I didn't know that was there. Absence of light. Mm, you don't know what you're stepping into or stepping on. I remember one time, I was, we're, we're in the dark at a hotel, and a cockroach, I was laying on the floor, and a cockroach ran over my face. And mom and dad laughed. It was, I don't think it was, you know, five-star. I think it was a Motel 6. I still remember that. We were in Fort Worth for some Kenneth Copeland conference or something briefly. And I'll never forget, it, it, was, it was dark, and then, and then there was something. I don't know if I would have seen that thing in the light, but here's the thing. I'm leading somewhere. Cockroaches love the dark. They're nasty. They're dirty. And you turn on the lights. We've said this for years. You know it. You've seen it happen. They scatter. Well, something happened one time. I remember I walked outside, and it was dark, and I was barefooted, and I knew something odd had happened because I heard a crunch and a squish. And yes, dear brothers and sisters, because of the absence of light, I had stepped on a cockroach. Well, when the lights came on, guess what? It revealed the truth. It revealed the truth. Like, oh, my gosh, that's gross. I can't believe I stepped in that. 
Light reveals the truth. I saw my wife today looking in a mirror, and she was doing something. She was grooming somehow. She was taking care of something in the mirror, and she went to a place where there's lots of light and a mirror, I believe, that magnifies because light reveals the truth of the matter. You get to where you're going. I, I need good light when I'm shaving, man, because the hair is growing up into my nose and out of my nose and, and out of my ears and all these things. I need to be able to see. The beauty of your call and your place in God now and your role in his kingdom as a child of God, you being the light, and I say it again, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You've come to reveal the truth about Jesus and about the kingdom of heaven and about his word. You, all you have to do, you say, is it my responsibility to tell them everything? No, you just point people toward God. And you speak the truth in love. And you do it often and you do it daily. And you let it be part of your life constantly. That you are revealing the truth. So I don't know what all's coming to the world except for what Scripture says, but we don't know exactly how we're going to get there. We don't know what's next for America exactly. There's things we get have hints, but let me tell you this. The world is looking for truth. Maybe not everybody, but a lot of people are, and they need the truth. You say, is everybody going to accept Jesus? No, because they have a choice. But you are the light that shines on the truth, and you can point them to Jesus. Can you hear me today? You're called to reveal the truth. Now, let me go over my points again in closing. If you're writing, taking notes, please write these down. Number one, light brings hope. Someone say hope. Light brings hope. Light brings comfort and warmth. Number two, say comfort and warmth. This world is cold. People need compassion and forgiveness and love and support and someone to lean on. Number three, light, and you are the light of the world, provides direction. See, I don't know which way to go. Well, we can't see. Let's Shine some light on the matter here. You ever tried to work on a car engine with no light? You can't. You can feel around, man, but you need light. Provides direction. And number four, light reveals the truth. We want the truth to be revealed about Jesus. We want the truth to be revealed about us in our relationship with God. I don't want to try to hide stuff from, from God. He knows everything anyway. Let God's light shine on you. Now, I want to do something different today as some soft music plays. I feel led to do this, and I believe God was talking to me about it this morning, and I truly still feel led. We're going to do something different. And doing this is going to lead and open the door and prepare the way for revival. I want everyone to stand to their feet today. I want every eye open. You don't have to gawk at each other or anything, but I'm not going to ask you what it is. It's between you and God. But if you say today, man, I heard what Pastor Matt said. I'm called to be the light. There's some areas where I'm not the light. I'm not living in the light. I'm struggling in some areas. I need to repent. There's nothing more powerful than you doing that at the altar, I believe, at a church service. I really believe. Man, repentance counts everywhere, wherever you are, on a bus, on an airplane, in outer space. But some of the most powerful times in my life were when I came to this altar to repent. If you're out there today... I don't have to know what it is. It's between you and God. But I want you to come to this altar, face me, and we're going to pray together and we're going to repent today as a church. If you've got the courage to do it and you have the heart to do it, would you please come? You say, I need to tell the Lord I'm sorry for something. I've been dealing with something. I know there's numerous people that are going to come up today because the Lord showed me. But also just because, man, it, if we're honest with ourselves, we live in a state of repentance. 
Oh, bless y'all's heart. Mm. Oh, the Spirit of God is here today. The Spirit of God is here today. Come on, keep coming. You say, man, I need to, I need to tell the Lord I'm sorry for something. Say, is, is it limited to sexual sin? Is it just anger? Is it unforgiveness? Is it bitterness? Is it something I... Man, anything. In saying I don't care doesn't mean I don't care. It means it doesn't matter to me. It just matters to me that you get your heart right with God. So all over this house now, if you close your eyes, all over this house, and raise your hands toward heaven. Begin to talk to the Lord. Go ahead and tell Him you're sorry. Go ahead, right where you are. Tell Him you're sorry. Oh. Tell Him you're sorry. Tell the Lord you're sorry. Go ahead. He has a plan for your life. He's not done with you. You just tell the Lord you're sorry and you repent. And He accepts you. Scripture, scripture says in 1 John chapter 1, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Begin out loud. You don't have to be real loud, but begin all over this house to tell the Lord you're sorry. Go ahead. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me, Lord. Come on, waves of repentance in this house. It starts here. You say, man, this is small, though. Yeah, Scripture says, mm -hmm. don't despise the day of small beginnings because the Lord is pleased to see that the work has begun. It's something small. Uh-huh. Changing a tiny habit can change around all the rest of your life and your, all your habits. Minute adjustment. Lord, we're sorry for our sin today. Whether it's sexual perversion or unforgiveness or greed or anger or unforgiveness or lust, whatever it is, Lord God, we bring it to you and we confess to you directly. Now that we have Jesus as our high priest, we take our sin directly to the throne room of God and we tell you we are sorry, Father. Forgive your people today. This is a small beginning, but is a great and powerful beginning. Please forgive us, Father. Forgive your people. Tell the Lord all over this house, say, I'm sorry. Say, I'm sorry, Lord. Cleanse me. Forgive me. I repent. Say, Father, cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. While we repent, is there anyone in this house who says, Pastor Matt, I need to accept Jesus and make him the Lord of my life? If you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, raise your hand real high. You say, man, I've never confessed Jesus as my Lord. If that is you, raise that hand. If not, we're going to pray together and agree for those on the live stream. Perfect time to do it. Everybody in this house say, Heavenly Father, I need you, Lord. I can't do it without you. I'm a sinner without you. Say, cleanse me. Forgive me. Help me, Lord. I need you. Save me. Say, I confess Jesus as Lord of my life. He's my Lord. The world and Satan, they're not my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. And I believe Jesus died and rose again for me. In Jesus' name. Save me, Lord. And I thank you. And I give you the praise. In Jesus' name.